once you kind of develop your voice, everything just becomes so much easier and so much more authentic and so much more fun. Hello, and welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. On the podcast this week is Alana Lynn Gross, freelance journalist and the founder of the personal and professional development website, Alana Lynn. And Alana is a contributing writer for Forbes, Fortune, Women's Health, Pop Sugar, Business Insider, and Well and Good, just to name a few. And her writing has also been published in Time, Teen Vogue, Cosmopolitan Magazine, USA Today, Refinery29, Britain Co., Google, and The Huffington Post, also to name a few. And her website, her blog, Alana Lynn, is such an incredible resource that provides millennial women with actionable job search, career, lifestyle, and wellness advice. And more than 250 women from a wide range of industries have been interviewed in her career profile series, both for Alana Lynn and Forbes. And I was so excited to chat with Alana for Seek the Joy podcast. I've been following along and following her blog for about a year, and it has been such an incredible resource for me, both professionally and personally. And for someone who is really, I guess, stepping out in digital media and excited to follow her passions and create something of her own, Alana has been such an inspiring force for me. And on today's episode, we chat all about how Alana got started blogging, what it's been like making her writing public and sharing her voice, vulnerability, and passions with the world. And we also talk about what it was like making the decision to really take that leap of faith to transition into writing full time. We also talked about remaining authentic, how she's been able to resist the urge to compare herself to others, what turning 30 taught her, and why it's so important to develop self-love and self-care habits, like a great morning routine and evening routine. We also talk about joy in her life, and Alana also shares some amazing advice for aspiring freelance writers, but honestly, it's advice that really applies to everyone. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to talk to you a little bit about today's sponsor, Studio. I've shared Studio with you guys on the podcast before, and they really want to revolutionize the way that we see headphones, not just as a tech device, but also as an accessory. And I have been using their headphones, the Regent, in white on my walks, and I also took them with me on a recent trip to Washington, D.C., and I have been loving them. From the sound quality and clarity, Bluetooth compatibility, and sleek design, these headphones are officially staying part of my daily walking routine and travel routine. And I would love for you guys to check out Studio and their products. You can click on the link that's included in the show notes for today's episode. Plus, if you enter the discount code SEEKTHEJOY, all one word in caps, you'll receive 15% off any purchase. Okay, before we dive in, you know I have to share the iTunes review of the week, and this week it comes from Soccer Champ 101 and it says, "Love it. The podcast is amazing. Sydney is so positive and full of inspiration. I always look forward to new episodes on Tuesdays." 
Soccer Champ 101. Thank you so much for this kind review and for taking a couple of minutes to rate and review Seek the Joy podcast on Apple iTunes. If you've been enjoying this podcast, if a topic or a guest has had an impact on your life, and if you feel so inspired to leave us a rating and review, I would be so grateful. Just make sure to take a screenshot of your review and send it to sydney at seekthejoypodcast.com. And to say thank you, I will send you my guide for infusing more joy into your life, which is totally based on these conversations, as well as a couple of limited edition Seek the Joy podcast stickers. Okay, guys, that's it. I'm so excited to share this week's episode with you and for you to meet Alana and to hear, honestly, the amazing advice that she has to share. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Alana. I'm Alana Lynn Gross. I'm a freelance writer and I have the blog Alana Lynn where I write personal and professional development advice. So when did you get started with Alana Lynn? I originally started it in 2011 after graduating from college. It had a different name and I started it because I was working as a paralegal. I really needed a creative outlet and I missed writing like I had in college. So I started the site then called the Preppy Postgrad and would just share a little bit of career advice, a little bit of, you know, fashion, whatever I was interested in at the time. And from there, I ended up working. It sort of started gaining traction. And I started working at a company called Labo League, doing social media and a little bit of everything. I was the fifth employee at the startup. And then once I switched jobs, I ended up starting up blogging again. Yeah, I love how you returned to writing and found that creative outlet for yourself again. Were you always creative growing up and throughout your life? Or was it something that you discovered a little later on? Yeah, I had always loved writing. I remember when I was younger, I used to write stories. And I must have like, hundreds of books piled up in like a a memory box somewhere in my childhood home of stories I wrote. And it was always my way also of like processing my emotions. So Mm -hmm. whenever I went through something big, I would end up writing about it either in fiction or nonfiction or diary. So writing was always really like, like the way I was most comfortable expressing myself. So I don't think that's changed. But having a platform to really, you know, be able to explore things in real time, like you can when you're writing and making your writing public so readily has been a shift, but one that has, you know, really changed my career. Yeah. So what is that like for you making your writing and, and who you are public in that way? I mean, for me, it's been sort of like a freeing experience, but honestly, really scary at times too. Yeah, I think it depends. So a lot of my writing is advice. So often it will be kind of something I'm going through in my own life or things that I'm just curious about and want to explore. But I did write a couple more personal essays last year. And that was that was different for me, putting out something that is a personal story for you and that is emotional versus kind of just the general advice that you're gathering and researching was Definitely tricky. And I I do that on my site too. And I think the biggest thing with that is just, I am choosing to make things public and to write things that are public, Mm -hmm. but my friends and family have not made that choice. Right. So I think 
thing I'm really cognizant about is just being really respectful of other people's privacy. And I think that's something that's so important, especially, you know, if you choose to write and write online. I've always said that I don't know if I could write a memoir just because it's so you're tying in your personal story. But of course, your personal story is interwoven with other people's stories uh, in your family and your friends. So it's interesting. Yeah, I agree. I think trying to figure out for yourself how to make that narrative your own and have it be about your experience. I, I don't know how you do that, though, without tying in other players. It's it's something I've definitely struggled with, too. So as you've written more personal essays, has it gotten any easier to share your story, to tell your story without telling telling someone else's story, too? A little bit. It's definitely a balance. And obviously, there's going to be other people's other people in it and other people's emotions that mm-hmm. are mixed in with their own. But I think for me, it's also about you know, you can do it respectfully, you can do it in a way that's kind, you can do it without sort of identifying who the person is. So I wrote a a piece about essentially a toxic friendship and breaking up with a very close friend. And like, for me, the most important thing when writing that was a to not have it be extremely negative. And also to make sure that like, there was nothing that could tie who that person is, just because that's fair to them. So you can tell your story as long as you don't I think it's just all about being being respectful when you do it. Yeah, I think you're right. There's definitely a way to do it. And I found even with this podcast that it's so important for me to share my story, but not make it about anybody else. And mm-hmm. especially not to speak negatively about anyone. It's so important to honestly remember that, you know, just because you're signing up for it doesn't mean that anyone else in your life is. And, and so what I love so much about what you've shared so far and on Alana Lynn, and I've been following along for about a year now and it's this incredible place to learn and and read career advice and tips and I've noticed too it's really shifted into this space that's this real opportunity to connect and share experiences and stories and advice and so I guess my question really is was following your passions in terms of putting this content out there was that always easy for you to do and what has that experience been like following your passions to do this well first of all thank you I'm so glad you're reading and that that vibe comes off it totally Uh, does it really really does it's a lot of fun um I think that for like blogging and writing in general the biggest piece of advice that I had and what I've learned is in the beginning in 2011 when I was a paralegal and starting a blog I kind of and I think it's easy to do this at first is I kind of like was like okay well what's out there what are people blogging about fashion Mm -hmm. okay I could try that you know I like Lily Pulitzer as much as the next girl but then as you kind of start to share your own story more and share who you are and what you're passionate about and what you like that's what comes across so like you know not really emulating other people and figuring out what it is that that will start coming across and it'll be more fun for you to write and way more fun for other people to read because I think it that comes off on the page and in journalism as well, like identifying your voice and understanding your voice is so helpful. Yeah. So like obviously it'll shift for the publication. Like Dell is a lot more formal than Glamour, which I write for. But once you kind of develop your voice, everything just becomes so much easier and so much more authentic and so much more fun. And so I think that's a really, probably my biggest tip for writers. Yeah, I think that's a great tip. And I think 
it totally applies to everyone and everything, you know, identifying your voice and staying true to it and remaining authentic in that. I think it's probably the best thing that we can do, but it's also so difficult to do, especially now. I mean, you can just Google something and and see what someone else is doing. And so (laughs) how, how have you been able to kind of stay authentic to who you are and your voice and sort of resist that urge to compare yourself in that way? Yeah. That's actually, it's so funny. Right before this, I was writing something up about that because I just turned 30 on Monday. Oh, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. And that's like a big birthday. Yeah. So I think it led to a lot of apprehension and a lot of kind of that comparing to like where my friends are, honestly, like where strangers in my Instagram feed are. Right. You know, some people are married, some people have kids, some people are engaged, some people are, you know, climbing the ladder at a corporate job. But when I kind of looked inward and looked at where I was and where I am now, I think that was so helpful. So it is hard, obviously, and everyone falls into comparing yourself to other people. I think it's impossible not to. Mm-hmm. But I think, I guess, focusing on the now and what where you are is so helpful. So like flipping that exercise around and just thinking, okay, maybe this is where I thought I would be at 30, or maybe this is where some people are at 30, but where am I? How was the last year for me? And then I was able to like turn that into feeling really grateful and, and you know, it's always better than the alternative. Yeah. So. Yeah. That that's such a good point about looking at where you are right now. I think there's this saying, right? Like that comparison is the biggest thief of joy, but what I think is even worse is comparing ourselves to this expectation that we had for ourselves as to where we wanted to be or what we wanted our life to look like by a certain age and I don't know. It's something I struggle with probably most days of the week. I look at where I wanted to be versus where I am right now. So learning, I think, you know, just like you said, to have that gratitude for where you are right now and to be thankful and to celebrate that is, is so important. So how have you been able to shift that perspective and mindset for yourself to kind of step into that gratitude and feeling thankful and appreciative of, of where you are right now? I think Exercise has actually been hmm. such a big contributor. Yeah. That and therapy has been helpful as well. So totally. those two are big ones. Um, and meditation, I started doing that a little bit more. And just, I think writing and also maybe entrepreneurship even, because hmm. you really can't compare yourself to coworkers because all of a sudden you find you don't really have any. You can compare yourself, I guess, to other writers. But I think entrepreneurship is a big one for that. That's so interesting. You're yeah. Not locked up anymore with people. You you don't see like someone is so and so is promoted to senior blah blah blah. You really just focus on yourself and your writing and your career and I think that's actually been really helpful like for me mentally as well. Yeah. So are you a freelance writer full time now? Have you moved completely into being an entrepreneur and working for yourself in that way? Yeah. So I left my job in August. So for the last five years since I started Alana Lynn, I was working and and started freelance writing. I was working full time and writing on the side. And then it kind of hit a tipping point where I could either take a leap of faith and make writing my full time thing and go for it or continue at a job, but kind of keep the stay where I was with writing. So not really take on new opportunities, not really take on new clients, not really, you know, try new things. And I decided to to go for it. 
and know that, you know, even if it didn't work out and it was not something that worked or like quote failed, then at least I would have tried it and it would be easy to like go and pick up another job and figure it out from there. But luckily it's uh, worked out so far. (laughs) Oh, I love this. I love that you've made this transition because I can imagine it's so fulfilling and exciting to wake up every day and know that you're doing what you want to do and you're working for yourself and you're writing. And I agree too. I mean, you won't know if it'll work out unless you take that leap of faith. But oftentimes, you know, getting ourselves worked up to that point where we feel confident or ready to take that leap of faith is, I don't know, it's really hard and and intimidating. Yeah. And I think too, you, once you're in a position where you have to make it work, you make it work. So you, you know, you, I've gone better, for example, about, you know, if I'm working with a PR person all the time and I start having a relationship with them, being able to say like, you know, do you know anyone at X publication? It's really one of the publications I would love to write for. And if you're comfortable, I would love if you could make an intro or just kind of like, yeah, once you're in the position where you have to make it work, you really do. And you can go a lot further than you thought. Yeah, I think we naturally underestimate ourselves, right? But, you know, for me, it's been sort of intimidating to do exactly what you just said. So I think, you know, just like you said, when you're in a position where you have to make it work, you're, you're almost more willing to take that kind of a risk, you know, because, because you have to. And so what has putting yourself out there or taking that sort of risk, what has that been like for you? I think, I mean, no matter how successful you are as a writer, I think there are a lot of times that like I pitch a publication and cricket, you know, you don't hear back or you, yeah, yeah, you just never know when people get busy. But I think kind of framing it as like the worst that can happen is that someone says no is super helpful. Yeah. And also like just people aren't as concerned with thinking about you as much as you are thinking about you. So even if is like, Oh, I can't believe she, I mean, I don't think this would happen, but even if someone were like, Oh, I can't believe she asked if I could make an introduction to so-and-so like maybe they're thinking that maybe they would think about it for like 0.2 seconds and then like move on to their email inbox, you know? Yeah. So totally trying to put that in perspective is helpful. And I also am really fortunate to have an amazing, amazing support system of other writers who are constantly, we're constantly sharing tips and advice and contacts, et cetera, as well as like some really great PR people that I've worked with who have actually just become really good friends. And I think, it's so helpful, especially when you're working for yourself. And like right now I'm sitting at my desk, there's, it's like raining and gross. And it's so helpful to like know that you have coworkers still and to like kind of really create a community for yourself if you're an entrepreneur and a solo entrepreneur, especially. Yeah. I love this. I love that you've been able to do this for yourself because I think sometimes when we think about being an entrepreneur or a solo entrepreneur, especially, you know, at the beginning, it can feel like this really lonely, isolating space. So the ability to make that community or form that community around you, I think it's, I think it's a total game changer and it sounds like it's played such an instrumental role in just your ability and willingness and excitement even to really do, you know, what you love to do. Yeah, no, you definitely, you can't do anything alone. So it's extremely helpful to have a great support system. Oh yeah, I totally, I totally agree. And, and so much of your blog and what you do, and I don't know, really feels like it's about being this well-rounded woman, a mix of career and personal life and fitness. And so For you, are there certain practices, and I know you talked a little bit earlier about the role of exercise in your life, but are there certain practices or things that you rely on 
every day to kind of keep you grounded and feeling good and able to sort of put the best version of yourself out there? Yeah, I think um, I need to get back into it, but meditation was pretty helpful for that. Um, Exercise, I find, is like a total like therapy of just being able to like start my day off on the right foot. So like I love to work out in the morning and get that done in the morning and then I have energy for the rest of the day. You know, making sure to write every day and kind of write both for myself and for things that are actually being, you know, out there. I actually think it's great that I have both Alana Lynn where I have this space where I can write about whatever I want Mm -hmm. as well as the more the the client work that I do, the journalistic side of it, just because it keeps it fun. And it reminds me that like writing is fun and that you know, that I'm really lucky to have created this opportunity to be able to write full time and to be able to have all of these different spaces where I can share whatever I want. And it's nice to have a lot of lens too, where like, if I want to try an infrared salon and like, or infrared, what are they called? Infrared sauna. Oh, like sauna. Yeah. If I want to try that and like, I pitch it to five publications and I don't care back, whatever. Okay. So I'll try it and then I'll write about it on my own site. And I think that's actually been really fun is knowing that I no matter what, I have a space where I can share whatever I want. Yeah, it keeps it fun, right? And I feel like, I don't know, in some ways, it probably helps to keep you stay balanced too. Definitely. So do you have a morning routine or an evening routine that helps you unwind and relax? Because I don't know, I think something that a lot of people don't talk about in terms of entrepreneurship or working for yourself is just how we can sort of get trapped or stuck in this space of working all the time. Like I fall in this trap Mm -hmm. all the time because I'm working from home at the moment. So when I wake up, I'll just start working. And next thing I know, it's three o'clock in the afternoon and I'm still in my pajamas. And so, you know, I mean, so there are things that, are there things that you do in the morning or in the evening that kind of help you to have, you know, more structure and also to help you unwind? Yeah, I would say like the ideal morning is waking up early-ish, going to a gym class by 8 a.m., so either a spin class or a bar class, or I was doing um, Bikini Body Guide for a while, which was super fun. Oh, yeah. And then kind of writing everything down for the day and the week, so like an itemized to-do list each day, whereas where you just like take the things that didn't happen the day before and move it over, Mm -hmm. just so that, you know, when you have so many different clients and different deadlines, it's super important to be very, very organized. And that helps with that. I should probably, and you know, sometimes I'll have breakfast with a friend or with my mom or my dad. So I guess that would be the ideal morning and evening. Right now, you know, it's often hanging out with friends and then Every night, no matter what, I like have to read. That's how I really shut down. Mm-hmm. So getting into bed with like a good book and ideally having the lights out by 11, I would say, would be my ideal morning and evening. I love this. I feel like we have that ideal, right? But totally. I don't know. For me, it doesn't always happen. Does it happen for you most nights of the week? I'm pretty, pretty good about it. Yeah. I think the ideal happens more often than not. Oh, that's amazing. Because, well, plus the fact like even if I did sleep in or I did have a breakfast meeting or whatever, like there's something stopping me right now from going to like a three o'clock soul cycle class, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Which is like the beauty, right. Of working for yourself and working from home and, and having that flexibility. Definitely. So what are you reading right now, by the way? So I am reading uh, notorious RBG. Oh, so yeah, yeah, it's so good. I, I love her. Honestly, I, I need to read it. It's so interesting, too. I mean, like what she's been through and she really 
kind of saw feminism from the start until now and was such an advocate for pushing for change. So it's been a it's been a really good read. And they did it. The author did a very good job. So I'm enjoying that. Okay, I'm going to have to go. I'm probably going to have to go and get it today. I feel like, I don't know, I think it's so interesting to hear and see someone's perspective who has really been through so much and done so much and seen so many changes and been part of the progress, you know, in this country. And I don't know, it'll be so interesting to see when we're her age, right? Like what what we'll have to reflect on. We'll probably be in our robot cars on the way to work. I know, right? Like that'll be really something. (laughs) So I wanted to ask you this a little bit earlier when we were talking just about how, you know, putting your voice and your work out there and and it just occurred to me, you know, I don't know, I, I think within doing that, putting so much of yourself out there, it really feels vulnerable and exposed. And I think it leaves mm-hmm. you open to judgment and criticism, you know, from others, but also that judgment and criticism from yourself too. How have you been able to sort of maintain self-love and kindness and compassion for yourself while still putting, you know, so much of yourself out there? I think that's definitely a work in progress. Yeah. And I think it always is. I think that's one of the things that I struggle with probably the most is like, and I think everyone has this, but you know, you can be when you want to achieve a lot and you're constantly trying to be your best, you know, to think, well, if you're constantly striving to be your best, that means like right now you probably don't think you're at your best, right? Mm-hmm. So like you can be kind of negative and mean to yourself. And I think that's something I've been working on a lot is trying to like silence that negative inner dialogue. And I don't think I'm anyone's ever going to be perfect at that. And like sometimes it's good to have some negative inner dialogue because it means that you're like, you don't think you're perfect and you know that and you're like working to change. It would be really bad if you have like no self-awareness mm-hmm. whatsoever. But on the other end, you don't want to be like, so critical that you're just miserable all the time. So I think that's something that I'm definitely still working on. I think one thing I started doing that's been helpful for that is writing it down. So hopefully no one ever finds it, but (laughs) I say um, like on the list on my notes app and every time I feel like it's called thoughts and reminders or something. And every time I have like a really negative thought or I'm like, Oh, I really should have done this or I should have done that. Or like, you know, Mm -hmm. something really negative and like a negative self-thought I write it down and I find that that's been helpful for like a once it's written down you can kind of move past it I think yeah and be like I can look back on it during my commute or something and just be like oh remember when like that seemed like such a big deal well now I don't really you know whatever I've moved on to the next thing I think that's helpful too. I love that you do that. It's so interesting because I found that writing it down or sharing it with someone that I really trust or who I can have that sort of relationship or dialogue with, I feel like in some ways it's such a wonderful way to take our own power back, you know? So you're taking the power away from those negative thoughts or that negative self-talk and instead saying like, hey, I'm going to write it down or I'm going to voice it. And then once you do, I think it looks so much smaller than it feels in the moment. And so I love that you do that. And just like you were saying, I think it's so hard to really 
juggle that level of self-awareness with all, with also having compassion and understanding for ourselves because yeah, I think some dose of an inner critic is necessary. You know, if you, if you don't feel like you've done anything wrong, then like, right, then you're like a raging narcissist or a sociopath or like, or who knows I mean, whatever, you know, but you know what I mean, but you don't want to be that way. That's not who you are at your core, but you know, at the same time, you don't want to sit and wallow. And I like to call it like marinating, marinating in that negativity because next thing you know, like a whole day has gone by and you felt like crap about yourself and then you feel like crap because you felt like crap about yourself and it's like this never-ending cycle. So, I mean, I totally agree. I think it's something we always just continue to work on. That should be our new motto. Every time that like something happens and you're really down on yourself, just think, well, at least I'm not a psychopath. (laughs) Right. I mean, because it's true, you know, like I think we are so hard and critical of ourselves and we're our harshest critics. Right. And so at the same time, it's like, I'd rather have that level of self-awareness and know my shortcomings and know where I can improve rather than to like, I don't know, walk around this earth and think I'm perfect, which is honestly just so far from the truth. So, so I love that. I mean, talk about looking on the bright side. (laughs) I know, right? Uh, I don't know. So I just, I love the practices and I just think so many people will be able to take everything that you've been saying and sharing and really put it into practice in their own lives. Because I think we're all, we're all always just looking for ways to work on ourselves and discover more about who we are and, and just really how to improve improve. Yay! So what has been the most interesting thing that you've done or that's happened to you since you started blogging and putting your voice and your work out there, maybe even in a more personal way? I think being able to really connect with people because there are so many people who feel the same way or feel similarly. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times when you write, it's very like isolating at times. In that, like, you're writing, you know, at your desk in the pouring rain, and I forget that so many people sometimes are reading it. So I think the biggest thing for me has been being able to connect with people and realize that so many people have these same feelings or these same questions or wonder, you know, why their boss said this when they asked for a raise or, you know, why they, yeah, whatever it is. I think that that's been one of the best parts, and I think in writing the more vulnerable content and also just putting your voice into whatever you write, you're able to connect so much more with people. And you realize that like, even if you're writing at your desk alone on a rainy day, you're reaching so many people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been really helpful because writing can be kind of solitary. So knowing that there are other people reading it and hopefully finding it helpful is, it makes it a lot more worthwhile. Yeah. I've had that experience too, where I think I'm putting something out there and I don't know if anyone else will be able to relate or resonate with it. And then I'll get all of these messages and emails from people saying like, that resonated so much for me. Thank you. Thank you so much for voicing that. I thought I was the only one. So I think the more that we can break that down and really show ourselves and then show others in turn, like, Hey, you're actually not alone. These are things that, you know, we all struggle with. I don't know. I think it will just make life so much easier and more enjoyable because I think we can often feel like so isolated within that. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's one of the biggest shifts too of working for yourself and not really having coworkers anymore. It's Mm -hmm. so helpful to realize that you still have this community and you're never really working alone because like even with journalism, you're 
you have an editor, you have people reading it, you have other things, you have friends. But I think one of the blessings of being more vulnerable and putting yourself out there is that people feel like they can do the same with you. Yeah. And it's such a gift, honestly, that vulnerability is such a gift. And then I think it comes back to you tenfold. So I totally agree with everything that that you've been saying. Okay, so I have to ask you about joy in your Mm -hmm. life. What are some things that you do to bring yourself joy? What does joy really even feel like for you? Definitely when I'm spending time with friends and family, that makes me really, really happy when I'm working out because I kind of can shut off my brain and just be in the moment. I think, yeah, a lot of it's about kind of being in the moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Those are two things that make me really happy. And running around the reservoir in the morning, then stop like with a good playlist and then stopping to get my favorite coffee in the city and then walking back or running back with it. That's also a good joy for me. Oh, I love that. That just feels so peaceful and fun and just kind of calming. Yeah. Anything where you can kind of shut it off and just like shut off like the negative inner dialogue. And I think Mm -hmm. that's easy to do when you're with your friends, when you're with your family, when you're with people who support you. Yeah. But I think it's also so important to define that on your own as well, because you're not always going to be surrounded by people and you really have to like find that within yourself. So finding those things that make you happy. And I hate, I don't really, I'm not very good about being alone. Like I really love to be surrounded by people. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the biggest things too is like learning how to make yourself happy on your own is so important. So yeah, like, okay, I'm really happy when I go to a spin class or, oh, I'm really happy when I go for a run or, oh, I'm really happy when I write about this topic is really helpful because you're not always going to be surrounded by people and you probably don't want to, I don't know, you can't really always be super dependent on other people for that joy. Yeah, I think that's such a good point too, because I think it's sort of twofold, right? Like sometimes we can rely on those distractions to kind of, um, I don't know, help us get through the day or the week or whatever it might be. But at the same time, like you have to learn to be comfortable with being alone. And I think there's probably some quote out there that's like floating around Instagram or Pinterest that's like, (laughs) you are your greatest relationship and you're in a relationship with yourself first. So you have to, I think, really learn to be comfortable and confident by yourself and with yourself and be able to spend that time, you know, with yourself and be okay and know that, you you know what I mean? So like to kind of disconnect and not rely on those distractions, maybe to get you through. I think it's, um, I don't know, I think it's sort of a lifetime thing that we learn over a long period of time, I I certainly haven't been able to master it Yeah, in a short period of time. I think it's one of those things where it's like always a work in progress, but that's, that's good too. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I just, I love all the things that you talked about that bring you joy. And I love how it connects right back to being in the now and in that present moment, which has been totally a theme, I think, throughout this entire conversation. I want to do a really, I really want to do a 30 day meditation challenge and see what happens. I think, yeah, being in the present is all about, that's what you do in meditation. So maybe you have to go back to that. Yeah. Oh, I think you should do it. I think you should totally do it and do it on the blog too. I think so many people would love to do it. Yeah. I'm going to maybe call up Headspace and start trying it. 
I think you totally should. So, so for someone who maybe is listening to this podcast and is no doubt inspired by you and your journey and the shift that you've made, you know, both in your mindset and in what you do in transitioning to being an entrepreneur. And we didn't even talk about this, but I know you just got into Columbia Journalism School. So congratulations. That's so exciting. So with everything that you're doing and putting yourself out there in this way, what would be your biggest piece of advice for someone who maybe wants to do something very similar? I think the biggest piece of advice is find your voice. And once you find it, refine it and like, just go all in. I think that's huge. And I think that that's so helpful when you're looking to find new editors or when you're looking to create a community on a blog or online. If you, and no matter where you are, actually, like even if you work a desk job and you, you know, are an accountant, like finding your voice and like what makes you, you is so helpful. And I think people, that's why like authenticity is such a buzzword right now. But I think it, it's so true. I think that Once you find your voice Mm -hmm. and you find what you really enjoy doing, you'll be a lot happier. And I think that you can only kind of have that when you stay true to yourself um, is really helpful. And you're not really like trying to be... Yeah, I think developing and honing in on your voice, I think it translates to everything in our lives, you know, from the work that you do, your personal relationships, to even how you talk to yourself, you know, really finding your unique voice and staying true to it. I think it just applies to everything. And also, you know, everyone always used to say or says, like, once you, if you do what you love, it won't feel like work. Like, it will still feel like work. Like you're still trying to make an 1130 PM deadline and you're, it's always going to feel like work, but if you're doing what you're good at and you're doing what you enjoy, it's, it's a lot more fun. Yeah. And so I think finding those things that bring you joy and then following it, I think it's, it's such a game changer, you know, to be able to do. Definitely. So what is your biggest dream? And it can really apply to anything. I think, you know, someday having a family is probably one of my biggest dreams, like getting to that point. But yeah, having a family, but also a career that I love and being able to blend both and continuing to focus on like fitness and wellness. I think those are my biggest dreams. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Living that full life, right? And just following the things that you love and uh I just, I love it. Yeah. I have so loved having this conversation with you you. and and learning more about you. And thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on Seek the Joy podcast. And thank you for sharing so much. I think, you know, more even just about who you are and your journey and what really has led you up to this point. So where can everyone find you and connect and get more involved? Yeah. com. Uh, is my site and it has like my portfolio. So if anyone wants to read my articles, um, I write pretty frequently for Forbes and a bunch of different places and then social media. So yeah, come chat. Perfect. And I'll include everything in the show notes for today's episode. So it'll be so easy for everyone to find you. And oh, thank you. This was such a fun conversation and I can't wait to see what you do next. Me too. Thank you so much.